Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaws. Today we have part two of the story of Prince Darling. We have met the prince, and we have met the fairy truth, and unfortunately the prince's father, the good king, has passed. And now, we're going to see just how well the prince does at being good. For some time he behaved so well that the ring never pricked him, and that made him so contented that his subjects called him Prince Darling the Happy. One day, however, he went out hunting and could get no sport, which put him in a very bad temper. It seemed to him as he rode along that this ring was pressing into his finger, but as it did not prick him, he did not heed it. When he got home and went to his own room, his little dog, Bibi, ran to meet him, jumping round him with pleasure. Get away, said the prince quite gruffly. I don't want you. You are in the way. The poor little dog, who didn't understand this at all, pulled at his coat to make him at least look at her, and this made Prince Darling so cross that he gave her quite a hard kick. Instantly, his ring pricked him sharply as if it had been a pin. He was very much surprised and sat down in a corner of his room feeling quite ashamed of himself. I believe the fairy is laughing at me, he thought. Surely I can have done no great wrong in just kicking a tiresome animal. What is the good of my being ruler of a great kingdom if I am not even allowed to beat my own dog? I am not making fun of you, said a voice answering Darling's thoughts. You have committed three faults. First of all, you are out of temper because you could not have what you wanted and you thought all men and animals were only made to do your pleasure. Then you were really angry, which is very naughty indeed, and lastly, you were cruel to a poor little animal who did not in the least deserve to be ill-treated. I know you are far above a little dog, but if it were right and allowable that great people should ill-treat all those who are beneath them, I might at this moment beat you or kill you, for a fairy is greater than a man. The advantage of possessing a great empire is not to be able to do the evil that one desires, but to do all the good that one possibly can. The prince now saw how naughty he had been, and promised to try and do better in the future, but he did not keep his word. The fact was that he had been brought up by a foolish nurse who had spoilt him when he was little. If he wanted anything, he had only to cry and fret and stamp his feet, and she would give him whatever he asked for which had made him self-willed. Also, she had told him from morning to night that he would one day be a king, and that kings are very happy, because everyone was bound to obey and respect them, and no one could prevent them from doing just as they liked. When the prince grew old enough to understand, he soon learnt that there could be nothing worse than to be proud, obstinate, and conceited, and he had really tried to cure himself of these defects. But by that time, his faults had become habits, and a bad habit is very hard to get rid of. Not that he was naturally of a bad disposition. He was truly sorry when he had been naughty, and said, I am very unhappy to have to struggle against my anger and pride every day. If I had been punished for them when I was little, it would not be such a trouble to me now. His ring pricked him very often, and sometimes he left odd what he was doing at once, but at other times he would not attend to it. Strangely enough, it gave him only a slight prick for a trifling fault, but when he was really naughty, it made his finger actually bleed. At last, he got tired of being constantly reminded and wanted to be able to do as he liked, 
So he threw his ring aside and thought himself the happiest of men to have got rid of his teasing pricks. He gave himself up to doing every foolish thing that occurred to him until he became quite wicked and nobody could like him any longer. One day, when the prince was walking about, he saw a young girl who was so very pretty that he made up his mind at once that he would marry her. Her name was Celia, and she was as good as she was beautiful. Prince Darling fancied that Celia would think herself only too happy if he offered to make her a great queen, but she said fearlessly, Sire, I am only a shepherdess and a poor girl, but nevertheless I will not marry you. Do you dislike me? asked the prince, who was very much vexed at this answer. No, my prince, replied Celia, I cannot help thinking you are very handsome. But what good would riches be to me and all the grand dresses and splendid carriages that you would give me, if the bad deeds which I should see you do every day made me hate and despise you? The prince was very angry at this speech and commanded his officers to make Celia a prisoner and carry her off to his palace. All day long the remembrance of what she had said annoyed him, but as he loved her, he could not make up his mind to have her punished. And that is part two of Prince Darling. And we see the prince is faltering. He has turned wicked because he didn't like being reminded that he was doing wicked things. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Threads and Instagram at Folktale Project. And you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening.